I want that. Like, I really want to live in a neighborhood where, you know, you see your, you know, John down the street and you're like, hey, come over for yeah. to the pool. Well, we'll I just want to also say thank you for being patient with me. Aww. Because you've, you've wanted to make friends. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm your host, Jamie Otis Hainer. And I am Douglas Hainer. And, um... We are coming at you live from our family room, which we're going to be leaving soon. This is technically actually our dining room, and we are packing up our house and getting ready to move into our forever home. I'm so excited. Do you remember when we first started this podcast, where we started it? No. In our son's nursery? Yeah. We we originally started it in Hendrix's room, and then it went to our bedroom for a couple to and the basement. Then, yeah, then the basement for a while, and then our bedroom here in Florida, and now the family room. Yeah, and then when we live in a home, our forever home, we're actually going to create a little podcast room that's going to be, you know, not just some random space in our house. Like, we're going to actually create a space for it because we really enjoy this podcast. Yes. I mean, we read your five-star reviews, and we really are so incredibly thankful for them. And speaking of that, every single episode, we want to give one of you who write a five-star review a shout-out because it's not lost on us that, like, you know, you stop your day to, you know, to write a review on either, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening, and it means the world to us. So, uh, V. Goodwin, she wrote, Adore Them. Love Jamie and Doug. Been an OG fan since MAFS. OG. OG. They're so entertaining, and I love how they talk about so many different topics. Marriage, kids, products, life. Love them. Aw, thank you so much. We love you, too. Truly. Love you. Thanks for taking the time out to write that review. And honestly, it makes us feel like we're doing something right. So thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, so we are sharing a lot about Doug's journey and um, – this, this uh, last week, he had a little withdrawal experience. I mean, he's been, I mean, I feel like you should share yeah. more. Um, so the, you know, and, you know, with any new medication, you don't know what to expect. And with a medication that I was so dependent on uh, for so long, um, you hope for the best and you hope that it works. And this was really the first time where I've went a couple days without taking any Suboxone at all because that's what this new medication is supposed to kind of negate the need to take that um but yeah there's there's been a couple times where you know I start to get antsy and I start to feel some of the withdrawal symptoms come on um this one night in particular though um it was late I want to say it was probably like 9 30 maybe 10 o'clock um and all of a sudden I just got nauseous um I started sweating nauseous I was sort of zoned out. Um, and Jamie was talking to me. And, and when I stood up, we were kind of in the bathroom. And I said, I think I'm going to throw up. Um, and after one minute, I actually did throw up, I closed the door on Jamie. And I said, and I said, Yeah, I'm going to throw up. And then I threw up. And um, yeah, you know, that I don't know, it, that was supposed to be expected uh, from this medication, you know, nausea, um, you know, stomach problems. And it, like, I haven't been able to eat properly, I would say like a full meal um, since I started taking the medication. Really? You, didn't um, see, you haven't told me that. I obviously I was like dumbfounded. So we're getting in the we're in the bathroom, we're getting ready for bed. We're just talking. And then all of a sudden he goes, I think I'm gonna be sick. And I'm like, what? Like, have you been nauseous this whole time? And I had no idea. Like, were it, you nauseous? No, it just came on to me. And, um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't had anything to eat for dinner. I think this is when you, you went out because you had just done your um, Become Body Positive webinar and you you went out with our assistants. Um, shout out to Ruth and Kirsten. Yeah, thank you. They're um, the best. And so I was home and we got dinner, but I only, I, I made dinner for Hendrix and um, all I had was, I wasn't really hungry. So all I had was um, a, a drink that I made, a Go Hydrate. <clears throat> I made a go hydrate drink, which is just an electrolyte drink. Where was Henley? exactly? Um, you didn't make dinner for Henley too. She was here too. No, was it? No, Henley was here. I don't. Oh yeah. Okay. So I made, I made dinner for <laughs> both Henley and Hendrix. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking it was the other time, but I, I made dinner for Henley and Hendrix. Um, 
and I didn't have anything to eat just because I wasn't hungry. And I just made myself a drink, which is a go hydrate just because I, I was feeling like I was dehydrated. Um, I've been getting these little headaches throughout the day, but this nausea just hit me. And it was like, I, I haven't thrown up in a really long time. Um, and it was just all of the, like, I didn't have anything in me to throw up. And uh, I'm sorry for anybody that's listening. Yeah, but, I hope you're not eating right now. I guess if yeah. you are, you may have stopped. We should have put yeah. a trigger warning on that. But um, yeah, I threw up twice and uh, then it was kind of over with, but that just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and then just stomach issues and going to the bathroom. And that was, that's been the worst night so far taking uh, after taking this medication. That's been the worst night so far. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked to see, I mean, you went to bed early that night too. I could tell you weren't feeling good and I was yeah. like, I don't know what to do. I'm like rubbing your back and giving you a hug. Yeah, and there's I'm like, just nothing. What can I do to help you? No, and you know, the the withdrawal symptoms that I used to have, um, you know, like I know what those are. This, it it's very mild, um, but it might be mental. I don't know. And it might be mental because they, like I, I go in moods throughout the day, um, you know, and, and, you know, when you're used to, when you have a habit of taking something at certain times every day, there's these little triggers that you have. And then also you know how your body feels. And when your body feels a certain way, that's when, you know, you could also tell. So a lot of these things, it's like fighting the need to want to go to the Suboxone and, um, and take it, but knowing that I, I technically don't need it. And that's the whole point of this new medication that I'm on. Um, so um, that's been the worst night so far. And um, which honestly is such a blessing because I mean, from what from what I hear from you, going through withdrawal is yeah, not. I mean, it's far worse than that. So yeah, I mean, and like I, I've been able to sleep, uh, which was always the main issue. Um, you know, when you go through withdrawal, you just you can't sleep. You roll over in bed and you go, you're, you feel like you need to stretch out and then you stretch out and your ears pop and then you just want to curl up in a ball and uh, you're up and down to the bathroom. You're sneezing. You're, you have goosebumps all over yourself. Um, your nose is running. Your eyes are tearing. You're yawning. And like that's the miserable part of it. And I haven't had that at all, which is good because, you know, you never know how these new medications are going to go. Yeah, I'm so proud of you for sticking it out because, I mean, at any point yeah. you could have just been like, never mind. Well, there's been a cut. I mean, and, and the doctor even said that too. He, you know, he said, you know, if you can push through it, push through it. He goes, but, you know, if there comes a point where you feel like you need to take it, you know, like that happens. So, but I've been really trying well, to. Well, the doctor told you that? Yeah, I've been really trying to not do that. So, wait, the doctor said that if you. So because I know that when you're on Suboxone, if you take the prescription pills or alcohol, you can get really, really sick, right? Like that's what it says. Um, yeah. So the, you know, I, it's not so much alcohol. Um, I just choose not to drink because I never really, really like drinking anyway. Um, but anytime I I have had like a sip or or um, like a couple sips of a beer, like a like a, I don't know, it just doesn't like it makes me nauseous. Interesting. The taking pain medication won't work with this. It's oh, essentially the right, same medication. Said, I thought you could die. I swear I could. It's, yeah, well, it's essentially the same medication um, that I was on before, so it's going to block all of that. So it wouldn't make a difference if you were to take pain medication. Um, but um, the opposite of that, though, is if you take pain medication and then you take a drug like this or Suboxone, um, then it then you go through serious withdrawal because it's taking everything all all the from what I understand the opio, opioid receptors in your brain uh, that the medication sort of attaches to when you take something like suboxone too early it wipes all of that off so it's as if you don't have anything holding you steady and that's when you can start to go through your withdrawals and um, seizures and things like that which you know. That's never happened to me before, like even early on, and uh, which I'm fortunate, but yeah. 
Yeah. Do you know anybody else who has struggled with this or do you have anybody that you could like talk to? No. That's I don't. That's so sad. Not really. I don't, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've been to group meetings, um, never really had a mentor. Um, I just stopped and that, and that's another reason, you know, one, I was very embarrassed before, like just to let all of this come out. Um, it was just very embarrassing to me and it's, it was the lowest point of my life, um, which is now so far behind me and, you know, I'm coming to terms with it. Because a lot of the times you go through the the guilt of uh, all the hell that you put people through, um, but it's more like disappointment in, in yourself. Um, but like as I was getting sober and clean, and I've been clean for so long, other than Suboxone, um, AA or the group meetings or finding a mentor and talking through things never worked for me ever. Why? I just I found it annoying. Why? I, I, I don't know. I just found it. And that's well, what do they say to you? They don't say anything. They try to, they try to be understanding like, hi, like it's a whole acceptance thing and, and going through it. Just, it, it never, it made me more annoyed than anything. I don't get that. Though. I, I was mentally out of that. I was mentally checked out of wanting to ever go back to it. Like that hook was gone off of me and off of my being off of my soul. I never wanted to go back. So and so the opioids you're saying? Yeah. And so when someone talked to you about it, it annoyed you? Well, it was I I didn't feel a need for it. And like I was going and oh. hearing all these stories and it was just like, you know, you you hear the same stories over and over and over again and, you know, it's it's sad how easy it is for people to fall into addiction. But, you know, when you're mentally out and when you want to quit and that's really, you can't force somebody to quit. You can't, like, you know, you, the person has to be ready. Yeah. And being in that environment, me for me, it meant that I was never going to get out of that environment. Like, you hear story after story after story, and they start to all blend together. And the annoying part was, like, I was just done. Like, you know, it's it's not helping me anymore. Like, I was just over it. And that's why it's... But I feel like you it's isolated different. yourself. Well... You really isolated yourself, Doug. But not necessarily isolating myself because it wasn't like I was going to... Like, like these group things were making friends. Like, for me, these were just, like, just people that I was just... But what I mean by that, though, Doug, is, you know... <laughs> kids. I know. Hello there. I see you. Hi, baby. You listen to Miss Kirsten, and Mommy and Daddy will be with you. Love you. Bye. Um, but what I, what I mean by that, Doug, is you, you have truly, and hear me when I say this just from like a loving tone from your wife, truly, mm. you have isolated yourself in so many ways. You don't see your friends as much as you used to, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't have really any friends. I mean, you don't go hang out with people you don't let people in and so when people are telling you these stories i guess it's annoying but but at least well, like you no, could have connected with them but but for me for me it wasn't though it, it wasn't that type of connection i was looking for like that's part of the recovery process is to go to meetings and get through that i felt like i was through that i felt like i was already past that and now now is me going back into the real world um, on my own and, and I was fine with it. I just, it, those, those group meetings just never really helped. They did in the beginning because, you know, you, you want support getting off of it, but like I, I just was past it. And so when did you start going to them when you started taking Suboxone? No, it was like very early on. Um, so what happened? So when you, so this is the truth of the matter is that I, Doug and I have never really had a full blown conversation about what this addiction has be looked like. As a matter of fact, he hid it from me when we were married at first sight. Yeah. He hid it for me. The Suboxone. Yeah. He hit, well, you hid, you hid a yeah, lot. Yeah. Well, we never really had, got into a conversation like the, like, like I, this. I had no, no idea that it was as bad and it had such a stronghold. I mean, I didn't know you stole from your family members until we yeah. talked about it on the podcast. I mean, 
you just don't open yourself up at all. And I think that what you might find freeing is if you can talk to someone about it. I mean, luckily now we're, I mean, it's taken me nearly 10 years of (laughs) marriage for you to be able to talk to me about this. I mean, this is wild, Doug. And like you just are a very closed shell. And, you know, I, I went so long with having sort of a, a crutch, you know, like going out, um, with my friends and, and everything else. Like I was, I was the last of my friends to get married. Um, you know, so that sort of phased things out. Um, plus alongside that, I was battling this painkiller addiction. Um, and for a while there, that painkiller addiction made me isolate. Like I, <laughs> my dog scratching. Um, I would, I would, purposefully not hang out with people because one, I didn't want anybody to know. And two, none of my friends were into it at all. Um, Thank God though, because imagine if you were in a crowd that there was someone into it, you could have spiraled so fast. Oh, it's a very, very slippery slope. But you know, through that time you, you start to, when, whenever I, I would look forward to nights going out, if I knew I had painkillers, like it got to that point where then if I didn't have painkillers mentally, I wasn't going to have a good time. And it would just be different because I would either feel like shit or, um, it, it just like, I, I just would be annoyed and want to go home. And I got so used to that. And, you know, through that time, um, all my friends were getting married. Um, you know, I was going from one job to the next and, you know, you, you start to, you know, I mean, yes, I've, I've severely closed myself off from, from meeting people, um, which I think I was much better at. Maybe I actually, no, I wasn't really, I liked being in crowds. I used to, um, even like when we first got together, like there were some times where, I was okay going out, but I don't feel like you liked going out at all when we first got together. But the, yeah, like that's that's something that I'm still starting to get over. Like I, I just like the whole party scene and everything else, like and drinking and and things. Like I'm much better at, in an environment where we're doing something rather than just sitting and 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 talking or you know like if we're if we're playing horseshoes, if we're doing cornhole. Yeah, you always like if, to do something. Yeah, if there's if That's if true. I'm playing with the kids, if we're going to do wiffle ball, like I like activities. But is it because if you're just sitting and everyone's drinking, you're going to does that is that like a trigger for you to want to take no. pain pills or drink or No, it's just for so long I like that was my whole social scene was just like like I I would need that or I would need to drink to go out because like once you get to the point where you're addicted and you have withdrawals, like you don't want to be around anybody anyway. Um, and any times that we would go out, it would be at a bar or it would be going somewhere. And um, when you don't have that, you sort of lose, you lose a lot of, uh, of yourself and being social. And when you say you don't have that, you're talking about alcohol then or... Well, pills. Well, I'm just talking about just yeah, the just just pills and everything. Just not like sitting around like it doesn't bother me that people are dr- drinking. Like it's never it's never bothered me. It's not a trigger for me. Um it's just sometimes I don't know. It's 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 almost like I make it awkward because I don't I don't know how to hang out without an activity uh without doing something um, because you're now not having that crutch of being high while you're hanging out. Right. And, you know, um, I'm trying to open myself up more to talk to people and, and make friends and, um, every fiber, uh, I shouldn't say every fiber of my being, but, um, for a while there, like I didn't care to make any new friends like I felt I always felt like I had enough I already had enough friends you don't even see Um, the friends that you have you don't even I know but I like I I always know that they're going to be there 
Um, and at any point, like we, you know, we, we were just always there for each other, but that's, that's not possible anymore. You know, like that's just like, you know, regardless, it's everybody has their own lives and then you become a family person. Um, moving to Florida, moving to a new community now where we're going to be going. Um, I realize I do need to make new friends. Um, and I haven't had to make new friends in like a really long time, which is very strange to say. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense though. I mean, well, you were very popular in high school. So background is, I mean, you were the most popular guy. I mean, you were homecoming yeah. king and you yeah. were the football star, the baseball star, the basketball hall of, star. Yeah, I made the hall of fame uh, I mean, for baseball and, and football. In a way that seems so cool, but I feel, feel like for you, that was like, what you thought for a long time was the peak of your life and like no because I wanted to be a professional baseball player and I was really good at it and and I went on a lot of professional tryouts uh where it was invite only and even through college um you know that was still a possibility like that dream was still a possibility um and even through college like I was I was very outgoing um I was friends with everybody um you know all the different sororities the well the fraternities we never really got along with but um other people in sports that was at pace university like i was i was very popular through there um but once that ended that's when addiction started to kind of take over yeah because you got hurt and so then that i feel like that's what i'm saying though that that time era was like what you thought was your peak. And then because you couldn't do the D one or you couldn't do the baseball anymore. It's like you thought, it's almost like you thought your life was over. I don't know. Yeah. It was more, um, I think it was more one, the addiction, um, started to really take over it, but then it's, um, you have so many, you have so many expectations, you know, like when you're playing at a high level um, and you're getting like, it, you know, it's a dream. Like people, when people say, you know, like I have a dream of becoming a professional basketball player, a professional baseball player, like, like that was, that was a genuine possibility um, up until I got hurt. Um, and I think the pain medication helped me mentally just move Numb on. that all out. Yeah. But you really, I think that. But it was also to. It was also kind of to numb, like, the fact that I could have done more, you know? Yeah. Like, a lot of regret of, like, wanting to do things different. And that went on for a while. Yeah, that's really sad because, you know, if you, I'm sure if anybody who knew you back then, like, they would still be like, wow, he's so spectacular, but you probably didn't think that of yourself. I mean, if you're taking pain pills and whatnot, I can't imagine yeah. you were thinking you were great. Well, I know like I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what I did. Um, I'm proud of my accomplishments. I mean, I got to play all over the country. Um, yeah, but then what yeah. made you, <coughs> um, but then what made you want to pop pills then? Like what I thought I've always associated drug users as needing an escape. You said that, yeah. right? You need an escape. So, or a numbing or anything. And so, but also it's a, it, you know, for some people it is a disease and some people can't help themselves for me and not like trying to go back and analyze like, like why and everything was a lot of it was being disappointed in myself well, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And you were like, no, I was proud of myself. Well, no, like, like, but, um, I was very proud of all the work that I did and my, and, and playing and the teams that I was on and, and all of that. Um, I was disappointed that I didn't work harder and I didn't push myself harder. But you got hurt. So how could you have? There is always more that you could have done. And that was, that's what was going on in my head. Like the, the times where like I would not go for extra hitting practice or fielding or not making it truly my life, um, in college, 
you know, where, you know, you're, you, to play at a high level, you need to eat and sleep and breathe that sport. And looking back, I didn't, I didn't work as hard as I could have. Gotcha. And that was kind of tough to deal with. And so then that's what caused you to. And then, yeah, once I got hooked on painkillers, though, it was, it was hard for me to, to stop. Because it was, I mean, it's, one, the feeling, um, and just being able to have that numbness for the night, um, and the euphoria, and everything else that comes with it, um, and then that goes into need, um, and that need part is where things start to get dark, because, then your whole entire life is dependent on when you're going to get your next fix and where. That just, you know, that just breaks my heart because what an awful, like, slippery slope. And I just pray for our children because obviously, it, you yeah. know, talking about this with you, I'm like, this is my mom right now struggling with this. And yeah. And, um, you know, like, I... And it, it got it got bad because I was always the captain of the team. I was always the one that would um, say, let's go here, let's go there, like just the leader. Um, but I would always hide. I would always hide it. You know, like everything was always fine um, because I, I always felt like I needed to put on that front. Um, naturally, I am a very even-keeled person. Um, even in pressure situations. Um, but I was never good at sharing anything that was going on with me. And I always, I don't know, I, I was always the person that people would go to talk to if they needed like a pep talk or if they needed to share something, if something bad was going on. Always the, the person that was the positive voice. And, and everything's going to work out and everything's going to, you know, be fine. Um, I never had anybody to go to yeah, and I never knew how to have deep conversations with people. Um, my friends, yes. You know, like when I was, when I was living with my friend, Tim, um, you know, like I feel like my friends know me. We, we hung out like every single day, you, you know, through high school and then, even afterwards uh, in college until everybody started to get married, like we would literally see each other every day, knew everything about each other. Um, but then after that, I don't, I don't think I, I got close with anybody. Yeah. I feel like when I came into the picture, it seemed like you were really close to like your high school friends and whatnot, but we really didn't, we really didn't like hang out with them unless it was like, you know, a baptism or yeah. graduation party or, you know, it was never like we ever hung out because, you know, just we never just had people over just to have people over. And obviously when I moved to New Jersey, I didn't know anybody there. So it was very, is I can't imagine how isolating it was for you to be there. But for me too, I was so, I felt so alone and so isolated because we moved to where your family is and, we really in like where your friends are and where you grew up and we n didn't really have like friends though. And we, yeah. and your family, I mean, everybody has their own lives. And so, and we were behind the, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have kids and school and all that jazz. Yeah. Like even, even the times when I would hang out with my friends, like my friends always had, like they were always friends with the neighbors. Like even when we yeah. go to my brother's house, like they're they have neighborhood parties yeah. and they have neighborhood, you know, like everybody sort of knows each other and you know they drop by this and that and and I've always liked that, but I never I never had that ever. Yeah, we even the places that we've moved, like we've really never. Yeah, had we've that. never had that. But so we, it's funny because we're probably. You know, we're pretty well known, I guess, because we've shared our lives on television and stuff, and we have probably a significant following compared to some, but we don't have, like, close relationships with anybody other no. than the people that I end up hiring to work with us. I end up getting very, very close with them. At, like, they, they're like sisters, but I'm really excited to move into this house with the neighborhood and... Yeah. You know, we really, are, I really want to like put ourselves out there and try to make friends with the neighbors because we don't, 
I want that. Like, I really want to live in a neighborhood where, you know, you see your, you know, John down the street and you're like, hey, come over for yeah. to the pool. Well, we'll I just want to also say thank you for being patient with me. Because you've you've wanted to make friends. Yeah. You've been great. Yeah, I never really understood. Like, I remember, like, parties and stuff, and you'd just want to leave. and Or you would show up late and not even want to go. And I'm like, I am trying to make friends here, Doug. I don't know anybody. And you would be like, peace out. You can stay if you want, but I'm out. Yeah, I don't know how to hang out. If we're not doing things, it's weird. But I think you have but to. But I, you know, like I, 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 like you, you're, you're helping though. I am. Yeah. Like setting up, like going out <laughs> and going to places and saying, no, just come. Like but. there's been a bunch of times where I was like, no, I'm not going to go. And then you've been like, no, you're coming. <laughs> No, you're coming. I'm, I'm over you and telling me no. I'm yeah, like, like going. I am more than fine staying here. And then, you know, and then I go and then I have a good time. Well, because the problem is, Doug, is that you don't know how to feel comfortable in this new you. And this and you're not alone in that. You don't have to be a drug addict or a recovering drug addict or whatever to feel this way. I feel like so many of us don't know how to be comfortable with our own selves. And it took me. This is going to sound so hippity dippity, but like it took me actually meditating and like sitting with myself. Like I didn't know how I kept my life so busy before I got married to you because I didn't, that was my numbing the pain was just constantly with people do things. And then I had no choice. I mean, in a way you really helped me because in a way I had no choice but to be with myself and to learn to love myself and to actually accept myself and not be so like it was just uncomfortable to just be alone with myself. And so we are the complete opposites because you're perfectly fine with being fine with like alone with yourself. But now in a crowd, you feel so incredibly uncomfortable. You feel like you're socially awkward. You think, you know, like you don't feel like you can hang unless you have an activity to do. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're not socially awkward. You're easy to hang with. You always have a good conversation with, with people. And it's kind of like, that's just kind of like your own like insecurity that came well, I, I think in, in my head, too, I, like, as soon as I get someplace, I, I, like, I'm thinking about leaving. I know. It's, like, so bad. It is so bad. Um, like, any... Miss Maddie's here. No. Anywhere that we go, I'm immediately thinking about what time we're going to leave. I know, because you tell me, you're like, I'm not staying longer than one hour. One yeah. hour. And I'm like, can we, can we have friends? Can we make friends, please? <laughs> All right, when someone's at our door, we're going to have to pause right, this. On. So yeah, well yeah, and um, I'm try I'm I'm trying, I am trying. Oh, I can see you're trying, and even like tonight, we're supposed to go out to dinner with new friends, and I don't know how many times today you've said, "Do we have to go? Do we have to go? Do we have to go?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes." Yeah. Because I think that we, for the past couple years, have been lonely and like isolated ourselves we went on a road trip trying to find happiness and it was fun and it was happy but it's exhausting and it's like if you just find a community of people that really love you and get you and want to be around you and I'm I want that for us like we need that and the truth of the matter is everyone says why'd you leave Florida or why'd you leave New Jersey why'd you leave New Jersey why'd you leave New Jersey even in New Jersey, even though we were New close Jersey to your was family, a, yeah, I mean it was a safety net. It was a safety net, and we and we did have, of course, like if the drop of a hat, your parents would grab, you know, our kids for anything. They would always be there, but, yeah, but even where our house was, we didn't have community there. No, we really didn't have community, and it just it just didn't. I mean, I was we were there for five years. I was there with you for five yeah. years, and all of those five years, I didn't find my own community there and we came here we bought this second house here in Sarasota thinking we were just gonna you know live in it half the time and we instantly yeah it wasn't until we came here for me it wasn't until we came here uh and stayed here for more than just like a month at a time where um especially the new neighborhood we're going to where I saw the 
I saw a community. Yeah. And I saw people that, you know, like, like what a community, when you think of a good community, like what that looks like, like yeah. that's exactly what I felt. Like they get together, they, they get together to play golf or, you know, yeah, tennis. They know each other's kids. Like yeah. everybody's, you know, like, um, like we went to a party and with a friend's house that lives in there and, and not a friend, I say friend, I, we just met her right. we hung out one time at their house <laughs> where not, or she's not even really a friend i mean i would like her to be a friend but you know her we were like having lunch and um her child was goes to the same school as the other parents and so she they were like oh we'll just pick up your kid for you and i'm like wow that's awesome to have friends yeah. that and the thing is in new jersey of course your parents would drop everything on a dime but it was like you know, first of all, they're older. They don't necessarily want that responsibility. And like, also we didn't have friends like your, like your siblings already have their community. They have their people, they do their things. And we weren't necessarily, we weren't always invited and not that, I mean, I get that. Like, I'm not trying to, I mean, we we didn't live in their neighborhood. And so the truth of the matter is, is I was like, I want to find that. And I want, I just want it so badly. And so I would just like pray and think about you know, if we, if we were going to uproot our family again, I mean, we have moved so many times since, I mean, every, I mean, how many, I mean, in the, we've been married for nine years. How many times have we moved in that nine years? It's been a lot. I think four. I mean, it has been a lot. It was Manhattan to New Jersey. Well, Manhattan and then to Harlem. Oh, well, for, Harlem yeah. to then my apartment in Manhattan and like in, you know, the Upper yeah. West Side and then, Harlan. and then uh, Manhattan to New Jersey, which is Parlin. Yep. And then from Parlin, we moved to My parents. your parents' house. And then from your parents', parents house, we moved to our other house, our Jackson, first house where we had Henley. New Jersey. And then from there, we moved Florida. to Florida. And then we went back to New Jersey. And then we moved into an RV and lived in that for four months. And then we moved here. This is literally eight times we have moved since we have been together. And we were about to move. That is nuts yeah and we are about to move again talk about not settling I mean and I guess the biggest thing that I got is that we had lived in New Jersey for five years at the time that I was like why are we keeping a house up there when we're starting to we got to plant roots like I'm craving it I want a friend that I can like grow old with you know and you deserve a friend that you can grow old with and you didn't have your friends are spaced all over New Jersey we didn't you know, we I would try really hard to bond with, and I did with some with like yeah. a couple of your of your like your friends' wives, but we just five years. You would think that there would be we would have built some sort of a community and some sort of like a yeah. It was more like I mean, it turned out to be just special events. Yeah, know? it was never like hey. You know, it was just never, you know, like I'm sure you listening, you probably have a friend that, you know, when you're, you just always know to go or I don't know, like, and if you don't, well, you're with us. We don't either. We're looking for that. I mean, when I was growing up um, and you know, my parents' house, because we lived there obviously and conceived Henley there. Yeah. Um, In your old bedroom. But like, yeah, it was weird. (laughs) But the, um, you know, that was a neighborhood where. We knew our neighbors. We knew everybody. Like you could ride your bike down the street and just walk into somebody's backyard, um, you know, go over to your friend's house and ring the door. And like it was just like everybody hung out with everybody. Yeah. Um, that was an impossibility for us in Jackson, New Jersey. That yeah, was impossible. that's where we used to live. Um, we barely had neighbors um, there. Uh, yeah. It was a busy road. And, you know, this was, again um, – isolating yeah it was very isolating so now we're we are excited to move into an area and I guess like to just set the record straight because everyone says well why would you leave your family in New Jersey and you know they love you so much and like yes you know we love them so much but for sure but we aside from his parents we didn't have like a day-to-day or even like a week-to-week interaction with anybody in New Jersey mm-hmm. other than his parents. And we did with his parents because we went out of our way to make sure, I mean, they would have went out of their way to see us too, which is why we went out of our way to see them. But we never had that with anybody else, like not one person in New Jersey. And it was five years of living there. And so to me, I was like, if I mean, if I get to choose 
and even Doug, I mean, of course, I never wanted him to leave his family because, but it's not leaving. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, you know, I, and I think this might have happened to a lot of people during COVID was, you know, when, when you are forced to isolate, you know, and then, you know, how much do you really see your friends? How much do you really see, like, you start to evaluate that. And it, like, just me staying there was just me like I said before, like having a safety net, like, you know, that there's people there that love you and will be there. That can happen anywhere. They, yeah. they can still be there and love you from anywhere. Um, where is going to be the best place for our happiness, where we can grow, where, you know, we feel comfortable and safe with our kids. And, you know, we could have found that in New Jersey, but we found it in Florida. We found it in Sarasota. As soon as we moved down here, um, you know, I think we, we both started to just realize this is the place where we're supposed to be. Yeah, we really do like it. I mean, and primarily it's it, like Doug is just a very much a beach guy and, and I am very much into culture and like diversity and it's very diverse here. It's just beautiful. And I mean, it's, it's literally has absolutely nothing to do with the politics. We just, we are on the straight and narrow and kind of just ignore the politics. And um, we just enjoy like the people here and the weather, the weather and yeah. And it has good school systems. And so we are just, we're excited to settle our roots. So needless to say, after all of that, we are finally um, at the moment we're recording this right now, we are pre-recording this, like we're recording it early because we're going to be packing up our home and we are going to be moving into our new house in Florida. And I hope we never, ever move from it. I'm so over moving. I have moved it my whole life. It is a house that we should be able to stay in for yeah, a while. There's plenty of room for future babies and um, community. Yeah. And, I mean, just the first couple times we went into that neighborhood, uh, even, you know, trick or treating, just absolute strangers just helping you and wanting to get to know you and wanting people to be around and just the way that it just it's this is going to be uh, I think a great transition for us yeah and I'm really proud of you Doug truly for well I thank you you've been really patient with me well you've been very patient with me too so (laughs) I love you. Look at you crying more than me. I'm not crying. I see your eyes. I'm side yawned. <laughs> I yawned. I'm always going to be here for you. I love you. I love you too. And I, but I do, I'm happy that you're letting me encourage you to like meet new people because I feel like for so long, oh, this is glitch, but for so long, you just didn't. Like you wouldn't let people in. You wouldn't even try to let people in. You wouldn't even let me, let me let people in because you would just want to be out of there. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's something that I'm still going through. Yeah, but you're doing I'm a, trying. a really good job. I'm trying to meet new people and talk to people. And, and, ha- and be honestly interested in them. Yeah. Um. Life is more fun, isn't it? Like you know, which is weird because I've, you know, I've always been in sales and I would always, but they're all, a lot of it is like surface conversations. Like I, I had a, uh, a marketing job, a business to business job where I was just like, you park your car and you spend the rest of the day walking into businesses and just trying to sell. Um, and there would always be times where I would get, I would maybe like twice a week, I would always run into a stranger that I would talk to for like an hour um and just randomly and um yeah just but never like there are always conversations that you never follow up with like you you never say you know what like this person could be a friend and you know maybe I should call this person or want to hang out with this person like that that just doesn't cross my mind because I feel comfortable just here you know where I I, I feel comfortable going places. I, I, what's uncomfortable is, um, staying for a long time. Yeah. Well, we don't have to stay for a long time, but I think the biggest thing that we both have to do is have conversations where we're genuinely asking 
you know, we're genuinely interested in someone and not everyone's going to be for us and we're not going to be for everyone. But man, if we could have like one good couple friend, you know, that we both really enjoy being around and our kids enjoy their kids. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. And, and I, I, th- I think there's, I mean, we've had some prospects, I think, you know, yeah, so far, I like mean, there's, I, I can, I can name a couple people that I'm happy to see. Yeah. I feel like I know who, like just some friends, the dads yeah. from Henley's class. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. I know we have, we actually do have one we actually do have one couple friend that Henley had her first time. She was at a friend's house without us, without any family and without us. And that is a big milestone. Yeah, I could barely huge. even like breathe. I was like, am I sure that this is okay? Am I sure? Am I sure? And Doug is like, yeah. yes. Cause we, well, yeah, we, we should explain. So they were, they were having a party um, that we couldn't go to because we had things to do. And it wasn't our first wasn't our first thought to say, well, maybe one of the other parents can take Henley yeah, that was ne- to the party. Absolutely never crossed my because mind. Because it's, well, and, and so the party was for her class. It was yeah. for, you know, for them. And because we couldn't go, it never crossed our mind that we would let Henley go uh, or have somebody drop her off. Um, and then, you know, the person suggested it. And we were just like, Oh, oh yeah. I guess that's an idea. And I was like, are we sure we trust them? And are I thought sure that was a we trust them? great idea because Henley would have been so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kept on saying to Doug, I mean, I have such trust issues. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know, I have trust issues. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I probably would have just said no, because, but I really trust ju- Doug's judgment. Like I just really, really trust your judgment. And so I was like, if he says yes, then I'm going to try to let my baby fly. And yeah, and she had a great time. And she had a great time. And and then that same, one of the the, 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 peop, the couple hosting it, they asked us to pick up their daughter to take her to dance. And I Turns was like. Turns out that was their first time ever yeah. letting something like that happen. Yeah. And I was like, wow, what an honor. They trusted us yeah. to pick up their baby girl and take her to dance. And like, you know, yeah. So. You know, we are, we are, we're finding our people and it's really exciting. Um, but man, I feel like this, the world is just opening up and I'm so proud of you, Douglas, because you have nothing to hide. Like, and I think anytime you feel like ashamed of some of your past, like whatever it might be, you have nothing to hide. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I hope it's more freeing for you that you're able to share just like, your journey and I hope you know that I don't I seriously don't judge like you can share with me I mean it has taken so long for you to share this much with me yeah and I hope it's freeing for you I hope it's like connects us more I hope that it's it's it it it, it is um you know because uh you get you get so used to hiding it and then when you get used to hiding something for so long it becomes harder and harder to share um and that just yeah that that just the longer you wait to to do something the harder it is the longer you wait to open yourself up to somebody or to make friends the harder it is to then make friends you know like and it was a while before I felt the need to really branch out and try to make new friends and you know that's uh, mostly attributed to my wife because she's very social and really good at it. I am not that good at it. I'm definitely socially awkward. Has anybody seen The Bachelor? Yeah, <laughs> when I was that's on true. it. Um, Maria Menounos's mom. Oh my gosh! We won't gosh. mention that. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a previous episode. If you go back a couple. Sorry, episodes. Mrs. Menounos. I know. I was like, hi. I even did that to your grandma though on Thanksgiving. That's true. I just get so awkward 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 i mean nervous energy and yeah but no like you you've you reach out to people to make friends like even when you meet somebody you share numbers and like yeah we'll hang out blah blah blah, and then you actually follow up like yeah i do i haven't i can't remember the last time that i uh, that i did that well other than like recently like within the last like six months yeah you're doing good you should be proud of yourself because i know it's hard it's not easy to let people in but needless to say, if so, if you're someone who struggles letting people in, or um, if you're someone who moves and bounces around all the time, you're not alone. We do too. That's it. Uh, but we're trying our best here. And so next week, I am so excited because we have 
the Willardsons on the podcast. Yes, and I had never heard of the Willardsons until I follow we joined Family Made. Yeah. Um, they are part of this wonderful family of other podcasters and YouTubers. And um, yeah, I can't yeah, wait great. to speak with them. I've been following Shannon Willardson. She's the mom. I've been following her for a very long time on Instagram. She's very, very wholesome and positive and uplifting. And they're trying to conceive a baby. We're trying to conceive mm. a baby. And they're part of the same uh, family made network yeah. that we are. And it just seemed so fitting to have them on. I'm so happy that we, you know, get to talk to them and meet them. And, and it's going to be a good one. D- develop a friendship with them. So, yeah. So for those of you who are tuning in, thank you so much. And if you're still listening to this podcast after all of that. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you for hearing our hearts and being up with us on this journey. And definitely consider leaving a review, any of your thoughts. A five-star yes. review we're going to start to, uh, we, we always have read on the podcast. And because most of them are now a year old because that's how long it's been since we had a podcast episode. Uh, if you come leave out. a review, we'll probably most be likely yours it's going to be the new one that's going to be read. So. Yeah. So please leave a review on the podcast either way, whether you do or don't, we're so yeah. thankful that you're here. But the, for those of you who do, we give you an extra high five and an extra thank you because it means yes. an awful lot to us. And we're going to really have does. a lot of fun guests coming up and uh, we're, we'll talk Married at First Sight for those fans that are into Married at First Sight. And yeah. You know, in your review or even on social media, we're on at Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Send us, we're going to start sharing this more and more and we really had a good groove last time where you could literally talk to us I mean uh, we want to be able to sh- you know to get to know you and talk with you and share what you want to know from us and so and, and encourage you in areas that you want to be encouraged so we're excited to get this ball back in back and rolling and and to just develop the community that we had previously and then mm-hmm. invite more and more of you so right, the ball say, back and rolling the, ba- the ball is That's back it. and rolling and here we go all right I hope you have a great Oh, sorry. We have a soundboard now. Oh my gosh, Douglas. (laughs) Uh, So we hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.